All right. I hope you are clapping your hands and getting your hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. You know, I hope you was getting all of that in while you was listening. You know, for those of you that are listening right now and those that will be listening later, I want to thank you for joining us on this third day of December 2020. And you are listening to Sunday Morning Live, and that's SML on Thursday, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church Incorporated at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. You're inside the pages with me, Pastor Carl Henderson. I want you to know there's no better place to be than the Word of God. There's a lot of places you can be having fun. I hope you're enjoying your fun. I hope you're doing, enjoying all the things that God has given us to enjoy. It's very important that you take the time and enjoy this life. Enjoy it. You know, I, I was my my grandson reached out to me and um, and he was asking me some questions. It was a school project, and he said, you know, Pop, he said you're, you know, you're 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 mature you're you're considered an elder you know not old you're not elderly yeah but you're an elder he said what is it about life right now that you dislike and i told him there's nothing you know uh this is the best life i'm living my best days you know and so i hope you're enjoying your days no matter how old you are enjoy your day Enjoy your time that you have. It's important to learn how to enjoy. Listen, those of you that are working, you know, I'm, I'm a working uh, individual and I love to stay busy. And, you know, but when I want to vacation, when I want to relax, I had to learn one day how to turn it all off, how to shut it down. You know, we had went on a vacation trip and, um, and it wasn't until I was on my way back home that I started to, I realized, and it became a great disappointment that I didn't relax. I didn't really shut it all down. And from that day forward, those years back, I've learned to do that. And I'm telling you now so that you will learn to do that as well. Shut it all down. When it's time to, to get off the clock, if you don't have something, whatever it is, it can wait. If it can wait, you know, um, but shut it down and enjoy. This is this is the best life. This is your life. And so enjoy. it. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday, Bible study at 7 p.m. And Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're talking about this evening is the Acts of the Holy Ghost. You know, God used men. Just like he's using men and women today, he's using individuals today in this very hour, someplace around, someplace, uh, you know, besides here, God is using someone uh, to get his message across. He's using someone for healing. He's using someone to, to for whatever his purpose is, he's using that individual, you know, and it's not limited to the podium. It's not limited there. You know, so we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I am faithful. I'm bold. The church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name. You know, we're in the book of Acts. You know, that's where we're starting. At, and it's going to take us into other areas um, as well. But we started out with the first epistle 
that Luke had written, and that is the, in the book of Luke, uh, or Luke's epistle, excuse me. And I, I love his, I love Luke's ministry. Uh, I love his ministry and how he allowed the Lord to use him. And so um, when it comes to uh, people in the scripture and, and stuff, he is one of my favorites uh, because uh, Luke presented the gospel to uh, to so many others, and he had a specific reason in mind when he did it, and that's what what really uh, the thing that caught my attention was what he was thinking about uh, as he presented the gospel, um, you know. And so, uh, I uh, he uh, the Bible tells us that uh, it says for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are more surely believed among us, even as they deliver them unto us, from which the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order most theophilus, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the surety of those things wherein thou has been instructed. You know, and I, I just think that is so awesome because he was ministering uh, to Theophilus, uh, someone that is a noble by, uh, you know, in his day and time. And, and so, um, and he continued on in his second epistle, which is the book of Acts. And so, uh, you know, you want to read Acts and you want to read Luke, uh, read Luke first and then go into the book of Acts. And, um, you know, so those are the two epistles that the Lord used him to as he is ministering. And as the fourth verse said, uh, that you might know the, sh the certainty, the certainty of those things wherein thou has been instructed. It's important to know, you know, and to yield yourself to those things that you have been instructed. You know, some of us yield ourselves immediately, others yield themselves as time go on, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully that sooner than later, uh, as we know that the day of the Lord approaches and it catches us, it's gonna catch us all off guard. Well, when I say off guard, I mean uh, suddenly, uh, that's the right word, it's gonna catch everybody suddenly. And it doesn't mean that you're gonna be caught up. It could be that the Lord is ready to call you and so you just want to be ready. You want to be ready. It's not a bad thing, but it's something that we none of us have ever experienced. And you want to be ready. You want to be ready according to the Word of God. It's the only uh, book on on planet Earth that we, that gives us instructions. Uh, what is it? A Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. And so tonight, we want to talk about. Uh, uh, PB and J. I want to talk about PB and J tonight. And so let's go to the, the book of Acts, the 13 chapters where we are beginning at verse one through five. It says, now there were in the church uh, that was in Antioch, certain prophets, certain prophets in the church in Antioch. Um, and those prophets, the scripture uh, says that uh, prophets and teachers as uh, one in names Barnabas, uh, the second was Simeon, uh, that was called uh, Niger. Uh, some said that, in, you know, because of the Latin word for black, that he must have been black. 
and um, Lucis, uh, Serene, and Man, Manning, uh, which is being brought up, who was brought up with hair to Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, there was uh, the church, the church, the church in Antioch. You know, our church is in Pomona, California. And uh, so there's a church in Antioch. There's a church in, near you, a Bible-believing church. And so uh, there was a church established in Antioch, which is the southern part of Turkey. And it was, at, it was a commercial center in capital of Syria. And so uh, it is... Uh, it is one thing is that it was a church there, but it was not the center or birthplace of the church that some has published. And so uh, if anything, you would consider as far as what was happening in the New Testament, uh, the day of Pentecost, that uh, that that would have been the birth. However, uh, that is not the birth of the church in general. Now, the Bible is clear that on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered, they were all together, 120 of them, including Mary, you know, mother, the mother of Jesus and the disciples, all of those uh, that was following him um, were gathered together uh, in the upper room and were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so that was the, the first instance of uh, the group, the group of receiving the Holy Ghost. It was not the first instance that the Holy Ghost had, had been given uh, because John uh, leaped in his mother's womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And so, um, and that was when Mary and Elizabeth had uh, came together and as they greeted one another, uh, something happened there. And so it's something, and, and that something was the filling of the Holy Ghost uh, that John received. And so uh, we need to follow. One of the things that we need to do uh, with the word of God is follow it. It's important that we follow the word of God, not commentaries. There are a lot of commentaries and those commentaries take the letter of the law, but in uh, the Bible tells us that the letter killeth, but the spirit makes it live. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so they have a, a commentary and they're also leaning on the doctrine that was established after Constantine declared himself to be <coughs> the water here. After Constantine declared himself to be a follower or to be a Christian, remember that the church was being persecuted. The elect of God, the saints were being uh, persecuted and Constantine of Rome declared himself to be a a follower, then the persecution stopped. He was saving face with all of those that was that had not been persecuted, that was calling upon the name of the Lord. Many doctrines and unbiblical practices have taken place since then. And what we need to do, what we want uh, is the word of God. What is God, what is the word of God saying to us? Not the doctrine of men. See, the doctrine of men have you doing some strange things, have you doing a whole bunch of practices that are not biblical, that are not written in the scripture, just just doing things for show. It looks very religious. It looks very dynamic, you know, look very elaborate. But what does the word of God say? You know, and, and I'm not going to go too far into that, but but we want to stay focused on the word of God because heaven and earth will pass away all those practices and different things are 
commentaries and all this stuff and uh, things, the uh, hierarchies that people have made up uh, to control and to give position and to walk in different authority is going to be done away with. God's not into that. Those are, uh, people are into that. But what does the word of God say? Now, the church is also known as the as the house of prayer. Now, Matthew's uh, uh, 21, and you'll find this in Old Testament as well, but Matthew's 21 and 13 uh, said that the Lord, he went into the synagogue where they were selling and doing so many other things, you know, as we've seen even in our day and time, so many other practices that are occurring instead of worship, instead of prayer, uh, you know, those things have taken place and become the most exciting part of going to the church rather than the excitement being about the Lord. And so Matthew's 21 and 13 says that the Lord pointed out to them that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And after he straightened that out, there was people brought in those that needed healing. See, when we straighten things out and we lined up with the word of God, then people can bring in the truth, bring in healing, bring, bring in the things that are needed. Somebody needed some healing. Somebody really needed the Lord, and they could not get through and get past the other stuff that was going on in the building. The church is a place of deliverance. Uh, Acts 7, 34, uh, 30, 38 says, I have seen, uh, I have seen the affliction of my people. This is uh, Peter ministering to the, the religious order and letting them know uh, reminding them that the Lord saw the affliction of his people down in Egypt. And he said, I heard that groaning and I am come down to deliver them. And now come, I send thee to Egypt. And so the Lord is sending Moses to Egypt. And so this Moses, whom they refused, saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same that God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, which appeared to him in the bush. And you recall that Moses had, had stopped them. They were in a, a confrontation and somebody lost their life in there. And so when Moses saw his brother fighting again, fighting again, um, he, the taskmaster lost his life. But when Moses saw two of his brothers fighting, he tried to um, break it up. And they said, you know, <laughs> Uh, wait a minute, you're going to kill, kill us like you killed the uh, Egyptian? And Moses feared for his life and he fled, he ran. And that's how he wound up in the desert. And he met where he met his father-in-law, uh, Jethro. He met his wife, the Cushionite. Um, you know, so Moses uh, uh, and those that was with him, uh, his, his wife, uh, and so considered today an Ethiopian. And so... Um, the angel of the Lord was with him and appeared to him and got his attention and he brought them out of Egypt. After that, he showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear. And this is he that was, here we go. Uh, I have, This is what I have underlined. This is he uh, that was in the church in the wilderness. And so Peter's acknowledging that the church existed in the wilderness when they did, was delivered out of Egypt and they came out, that began, that was the church, that was the birth 
of the church, them coming out of Egypt, which is which is uh, uh, like which is a sim of, of the world. The Lord delivered them, and in the wilderness with the angel which spake unto him in Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the uh, the lively oracles to give unto us. Uh, there's another scripture that says that they were even they were baptized uh, as they part went through the Red Sea. They passed as they passed under the cloud. Uh, they were baptized as well. And so uh, someone said baptism is not essential, but God doesn't feel the same way. And so we need to adhere to the word of God. The, the scripture tells us that there was prophets and teachers. There was prophets and teachers. And so it names those prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, and uh, Lucia. And, you know, and it, it names, it gives us five names there. Manin and Saul. And so prophets and teachers are essential part of the ministry throughout the scripture. Many lean and talk about, I'm a prophet. You know, they, people like to boast about that. I'm a prophet, you know, and uh, I don't hear the teachers really um, walking around talking about the teacher, you know, or anything like that. But let me tell you, the teacher, uh, teachers are, are just as important. They're important. Now the Bible tells us in Exodus 18 and 20, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way wherein they must walk and the and the work they must do and so uh the teacher uh, those that god called are assigned to teach not just preach not just deal with the homiletic of things but listen you got to sit down and you have to teach the word of god and those that are interested need to listen because God wants you to receive what his word is, the ordinance and the laws and to show, to be shown the way you must walk and to show you the work you must do. Exodus 24 and 12, and the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Uh-huh. Teach them. What are we going to teach them? We're going to teach you the, the laws and the commandments that are written. Uh, God, it's imperative that they're taught to you. Leviticus 10 and 11. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Teaching establishes a solid foundation. That's what you want. You want a good foundation. You want a foundation that's of truth, a foundation that, that's based upon the unadulterated truth, the word of God, not established upon someone's opinion. You know, there are a lot of things that we look at, we read, and it's just been handed down to us. It's just been handed down and we hand it down to someone and, and they're going to hand it down to someone else. But no one has stopped to validate uh, where did it come from? We want the truth. And so you want to be established upon a solid, a solid foundation and, uh, and it, with a good understanding. Now, the prophet, people like to, uh, I'm a prophet, you know, and uh, people like putting that in front of their names, you know, and Jonah you know, a prophet tells future events. Uh, the scripture lets us know that Jonah, uh, the third chapter, fourth verse said, then Jonah began to go through the city 
uh, one day in a one in one day's walk, and he cried out, saying, and said, "Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown." He was telling the future event of what was going to happen, because uh, the word of God had given that to him. The Lord had inspired that. First Kings sixteen and seven says, "Moreover, the word of the Lord through the prophet uh, Jehu, the son of Manai, uh, also." came against Basha and his household, both because of all the evil which he did in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger with the works of his hand and being like the house of Jeroboam because he uh, struck it. And so the Lord had, had admonished him and to, to speak those words because uh, uh, what he did in the sight of the Lord, the Lord sends a prophet to speak and to warn you of the things that are going to happen. Second Chronicles 24, 19, yet he, he sent prophets to them to bring them back. The purpose of the prophet, uh, it, it, there's purpose in his, in, in his mission. Uh, I, I wanna put a note, mental note about mission. Uh, and so there's purpose in his mission. When God sends the prophet, he is on a, he's going to carry out what God has sent him to do. And so God sent the prophet to do what? To bring them back to the Lord. Though they testified against him, they would not, they would not listen. He told them this is what the Lord is going to do, and they would not listen. Now, it is interesting to me that the gift of knowledge is not mentioned as it is linked to prophecy since it is present in many instances is present. The gift of knowledge is, is usually present in many of the instances where prophecy is occurring. Now, let me let me explain that. Um, and I'm not explaining it away. I'm just clarifying. What I'm saying is this, is that when the prophet comes, the prophet has knowledge uh, that something has occurred previously. Now, the prophet does not have to be there to see what has happened because God is the one that has the knowledge of it and he gives that knowledge to the prophet. Uh, I don't have to be there. Let me get, here's a, I was in the office one day and this was, and this young lady had took some time off, went on vacation and she told the people that she was going back to China. She was going to visit, you know, and so, um, I just happened to walk by her uh, when she had returned. It had been a couple of weeks since she returned. And I whispered to her that you did not go to China. Now, I had no knowledge. I had no, no I knew nothing about this woman's business or anything. But I whispered that to her. You didn't go to China. And she followed me for days upon days upon days to find out how did I know she did not go to China? And she confirmed she did not go to China. She went to Northern California where she received another job offer. And, um, you know, but that was not me. That was a gift that was at work. And, you know, we had conversation afterwards, but that is the gift of knowledge. And knowledge comes about without you knowing things. And usually it is tied to uh, the gift of prophecy where God gives the prophet knowledge. And so the Bible tells us in John 20, chapter 18 through the 24th verse, for 
uh, for scripture uh, reference as well. But thou hast had five husbands. This is Jesus talking to the woman at the well. And whom thou not hast, and the person that you're with is not your husband. <laughs> and um, and in that says thou truly. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So that was the knowledge that was being presented to her. That was not about a future event. That was talking about what was occurring at that moment, which is knowledge. And so she said, I perceive that thou art prophet. She recognized the gift and the gift is linked also to the gift of knowledge when God is truly using the prophet. And so our fathers worship in this mountain and ye say that ye that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Now, the true qualities that we look for in those that are, uh, that say they're a prophet, and, and I'm, I know I'm standing on this a little longer than teachers, but I just want to point out because so many, and, and I'm just about being real, you know, this is my soul. And I only have one soul. I only have one life to live and only one life to give. And so do you. Uh, we don't we we're not into no uh, what is it? Uh, karma, because karma means that you lived here and you died and you came back in reincarnation as something else or somebody, you know, uh, get out of here with that baloney. You know, that that's some rotten baloney. And so true quality. Um, you know, we're making this easy. Uh, the true qualities to look for is found right here in Isaiah. Uh, the 11th chapter, uh, verse 1 through 4, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. I want you to mark that as number one. The spirit of wisdom, number two. The spirit of understanding, number three. The spirit of counsel, number four. The spirit of might, that's number five. The spirit of knowledge, that's number six. The spirit, the, the sphere of the Lord is number seven. And he shall make of him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. The prophet does not judge. So when you meet someone and they and they giving you a word, but they had but they already knew your previous business. Uh, listen, they're judging off of knowledge that they already had, and they're they're judging off of the things that they have seen that been already been presented to them. The Bible said, "He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with the righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked." Now, the Bible tells us, now this is the stem uh, from, now we know that this is talking about the Lord. This is a, a word, but it, but David was also uh, Jesse's son. And so David also, as he ruled, as he ruled in, uh, under over the children of Israel, as he sat upon the throne, uh, the Bible tells us that Peter was exhorting them in the second chapter. And he said, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us until this day. Uh, therefore, being a prophet, 
David was not just a king. David was also a prophet. And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. So see, David was a prophet. And when we read about the, uh, the 11th chapter, it talks about the seven spirits of the Lord. And that, though, that accompanies also those that say, I am a prophet. We should see that characteristic. We should see those qualities within them, that they are truly men and women of God. That's what we're looking for. People that are truly led of the spirit of the Lord. Now, the second verse in our, in our reading of Acts 13 and, and 2, um, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, many would say that this is the start of Barnabas and Saul's missionary journey. Um, I haven't found missionary in the Bible yet. And if you find it, let me know, you know, and I, I'm, I'll be glad to receive that. But I haven't found it. I have not found that, even though it is an office that has been presented uh, in the church. And I, I'm still, um, forgive my ignorance, but I don't understand the purpose of it. Uh, now, all of us have been commissioned. Uh, everyone has been commissioned to go forth and to be a witness unto the Lord. But that particular office is not found. Now, the scripture is plain about is plainly given as far as the offices. And I'm just trying to understand within myself, why did men, why did men create an office outside of the scripture? Why did they do that? Now, uh, the Bible said that they ministered to the Lord. They ministered to the Lord, meaning they served the Lord in whatsoever capacity he called them to do. You know, prior to this, uh, uh, prior to this, Barnabas and uh, Paul, and I'm going to start referring to him to Paul because his name, as we read uh, through the next few scriptures, that that uh, they begin to refer to him as Paul instead of Saul. Um, that and John were at Jerusalem. The scripture said that in the 12th verse, excuse me, chapter 12, the 25th verse, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, so they had went to headquarters. That's what the headquarters was in Jerusalem. And when they had fulfilled their ministry, they took with them John, uh, whose surname was Mark. So they continued listening and seeking the Lord with fasting. Fasting is the physical sacrifice that we make. You know, um, if you have not been fasting, uh, you want to fast. Fasting is, to, is bringing the body into subjection. You know, we could go a whole day without eating. Not think nothing about it. Later on, be like, oh, man, I didn't eat nothing today. I'm kind of feeling a little hungry. And you're all right with that. But as soon as you put the word fast, <laughs> when you attach the word fast to the fact that you are not eating, it becomes a struggle. It changes everything because at that point, it is now a sacrifice. And so you want to fast. You want to sacrifice unto the Lord. You know, we have Cornerstone has been fasting uh, since the beginning of the year, the church was asked to fast and to pick out uh, one day of the week to fast on. Just, just one day. Just take one day and fast. And, you know, and doesn't mean you're going to want to do it, but do it anyhow. You know, and so 
uh, we're coming to the end of the year. We're coming to the close of a decade. Hey, fast. Do some fasting and seeking God. Get up rededicating your life in, unto him and committing yourself unto the Lord. You know, I, I, I told this, the, the listeners before, I told the church before, uh, uh, some fast on Wednesday, some fast on said Friday. You know, I fast on Tuesdays. If you want someone to fast with, you know, Pastor Carl is fasting on Tuesdays. And so I fast from 12 midnight to three uh, in the afternoon. And, um, you know, fast, fast, seek the Lord. And when you're fasting, shut everything else down. Do your job, handle your business that you need to handle, you know, uh, take care of your affairs. But, um, you know, with fasting and, and limiting your conversation and, you know, and whatever uh, things, extra uh, activity that you may have going on uh, and seek the Lord. The third verse says, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Now they're going, they're evangelizing. This is not the missionary journey, they're evangelizing. And if you wanna call it missionary journey, that just, uh, that means uh, an evangelist and a missionary would then be equivalent. Uh, they would be the same since the responsibility is to go out and to share the gospel and in sharing the gospel, works can be established. And so, um, uh, you know, but I like sticking to what the word of God is saying. I like sticking to what the scripture has established, uh, not what man has established, because man has messed up so many things. But what has the word of God said about it? It said, he, it, matter of fact, it, you'll find it in Ephesians. And he gave somewhat. Uh, he ascended on high and he laid captivity captive. And you'll find this in the Old Testament as well. And he gave gifts unto men, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, teachers, pastors. He gave these gifts for what? The perfecting of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints. And so the, 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 the core job of anyone involved in ministry, the apostle, the apostles, and the uh, the evangelist, the teacher, the prophet, the pastor, is for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is for the perfecting of the saints, not to be lords over the flock of God, not to uh, rule over God's people, because the elect belong to God, not to me, not to you. Our job is to is to give you, to teach you, to exhort you, to, to make sure that you're well. If I see a tick on you, you know, the, the sheep of God, if I see a, a, a thorn in your fur, your, your coat, if I see something that's out of order, my job is to help make sure it's in order with love and compassion, to make sure that you are, that and to jump in harm's way um, it, when the enemy comes at you. To, to be a, to, to stand as a mediator against that. And so uh, that's the responsibility of the, the ministry. That's the responsibility that the Lord gave. And again, you'll find that in Ephesians. Not only uh, was Barnabas and Saul and uh, uh, John fasting, but those that were uh, present also. There was others that was fast, And so as they were fasting, they laid hands on them. They felt led and they laid hands on them. You know, 
they laid hands on them. The spirit of the Lord took over. And when the spirit of the Lord speak those things, uh, it, it's truth. It's truth. It's not out of uh, my emotions. It's not out of, and we have to be careful. It's not about your emotions. It's not about your opinion. It's not about uh, your uh, political agenda. It's not about none of those things. It should be based upon the word of God and what God has to say and what God wants, not what you want, but what God wants. And so with, with fasting, they laid hands on them and, you know, and the Lord said, separate, separate them for the work of the ministry. I need them to go out into the field. I need them to evangelize. When I sent out the 70, uh, they were out evangelizing. When I sent them out two by two, they were out evangelizing. Uh, and so now I'm sending uh, Barnabas and I'm sending Paul and I'm sending John. Uh, you know, and all we have to do when we follow the word of God is as easy as making peanut butter and jelly. When we follow the word of God, uh-huh, when we follow the word of God, it's that easy. It has that much of an impact. You know, everybody uh, likes, at least in my neighborhood, liked a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it was fulfilling and it got the job done you know, helped you over. When we follow what God says, it's just that easy. You know, we make things hard. We make things difficult for ourselves because we don't prepare. We don't follow the leading of God's word, you know, and, uh, you know, or we get a word and it's not really from the Lord. And so or we get a word and it's from the Lord, but we don't wait. We don't wait on it. There's a time that you have to sit still and just wait on God. You know, when I went to when I went to my pastor and, and counseled with my pastor about the ministry, uh, not only did I counsel with my pastor, I counseled with my family. And, and even with that, I waited an entire year, never moved, <clears throat> never did anything. Continue playing the bass guitar, stayed right there, you know, and I had saints and uh, that was coming to me saying, I see the ministry upon you. I see you over there and you can't hide. You can't hide over there in that corner. And I wasn't trying to hide, uh, uh, you know, as they thought is I needed needed to wait and hear what else the Lord was saying. And so the pastor had given me the, the blessing and my family had given me the blessing as well. You know, and that was as that made things easier. It doesn't mean uh, that it wasn't going to be some test. It wasn't because what they say with every level, there's another devil. And so there wasn't doesn't mean it wasn't going to be some opposition and some different things to come. But thank God where we are today because of his goodness and his grace. Uh, everyone knocking at your door is not sent by God. The Bible tells us in the fourth verse. It says, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed uh, and they went thence and sailed to Cyprus. They, they went and they went to Cyprus and, you know, just everyone knocking at your door is not sent by God. A true witness like John has one purpose. The scripture says the same came for a witness. That's the purpose of someone knocking at your door. They should be a witness for the Lord to do what? to bear light, a witness of the light. They're not talking about themselves. They're talking about the Lord, that all men through him might be saved. Through who? Through the Lord, not through me. I, listen, I'm not baptizing no one in my name. I'll baptize you in the name of Jesus. 
uh, for remission of sin as they did in the scripture. Uh, and it's all about Jesus. That's it. It's all about him. That's what we're going to talk about. It's all about Jesus. We're not going to talk about uh, and start calling out uh, names of those that we don't like because they're in the news media, all of that. Look, let's keep the focus on Jesus. That's what it's about. And, you know, John said he was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of what? That light and that light being Jesus. And so when they were uh, at uh, Salamis, uh, that they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had also John in their uh, to their minister, you know, and so the three of them, uh, Barnabas, Paul, Barnabas, and John, P.P. and J., uh, were their ministry, you know, and it's interesting because they were in the synagogue of the Jews. So whatever the Jews were teaching and believing, they went, when they had the opportunity, they went right in there and they began to minister the word of God in that setting. You know, and I've, I've been blessed to, to do the same. And I'm just testifying. I'm just saying this because it is the testimony of the Lord. You know, the Lord has blessed us to um, with the edifice. And I, I have been in uh, churches where uh, actually using a church that does not believe uh, uh, the same doctrine. However, they have sat down and listened to the preaching of the gospel. They've listened to the apostolic doctrine and said, uh, even and some of their members came and said, wow, I, I remember my uncle. I remember my father. I remember my family preaching Pentecostal sermons like that. And it blessed my soul. The question then becomes, how did you wind up here? And so in every opportunity that God gives us to be in a certain place to present the gospel, we should seek God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for that moment. Because the people that you're ministering to may not believe like you do. I don't expect everyone to have been taught what I've been taught. And Paul, uh, uh, Barnabas, and John were uh, going to meet people that had not been received the word of God like them. And so therefore that's fasting, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, allowing the spirit of the Lord to use you. And let's, let's, let's touch that one more time. The spirit of the Lord uh, need to rest upon you. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the, the fear of the Lord, the spirit, the spirit of fear of the Lord uh, need to be in your life. And that's all embodied within the Holy Ghost. That's all embodied with the moving and the power of God when we allow God to use us accordingly. Listen, uh, stay in the ark of safety. Stay in the word of God. Fast and pray. Seek God's face. You know, and if you've been blessed by uh, what has been said, share the link with someone else. You know, point them to SML, point them to Sunday Morning Live, point them to inside the pages. You know, uh, the word of God is going out uh, and to let them know that it is. The, uh, we're on iHeart, uh, Spotify, TuneIn and other podcast carriers. Let them know the word of God is, is out there to enrich your soul is there. Amen. And so. Uh, uh, 
if you're in the Southern California area, I, I hope to see you, you know, stop in and give us a wave. Stop in and, and say hello. Let us know that you've heard the broadcast or, you know, and that you're there. If you're looking for a church home, we, we have room for you. We have room for the ministry that God may have given you as well. And so uh, I want to let you know that, that I hope to see you here or I hope to see you over there. Uh, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with uh, Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. And listen, the songs featured are the respective uh, property of the songsters and the artists and their producers. Uh, I hope you're blessed. Be blessed. I'll be back on Sunday morning talking about the gifts because while God is, whatever God is doing, he said, occupy till I come. And so we want to occupy by allowing those gifts to be used to, to be a blessing. They're going to work with us. They're going to work for us. Uh, and God's going to bless someone else and he's going to bless you too. And, you know, but we got to get those things stirred up. And so uh, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Until then, uh, be blessed in the name of Jesus. Exactly what you